to the Home Birth Experience. I'm Julia Meyer, your host, and Christina Maddox is here with me, my co-host and wonderful assistant. Christina, what are we going to talk about today? Hey guys, we're going to talk. We're going to talk with Lizzie and her mom, Cassie. We're going to talk about the birth of Lizzie's fifth child, born at home, with a surprise ending for you. It's an exciting surprise. <laughs> totally. After you listen to the show, make sure to leave your comments. Check us out. Leave messages at Cleveland Home Birth, clevelandhomebirth.com. We love to hear from you. We love to see your reviews, and we can't wait to bring you the next podcast. Today, we're here with Lizzie and her mom, Cassie, and we're going to talk about Lizzie's home birth experience. Welcome to the podcast, and thanks for being here, Lizzie and Cassie. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks. So, Lizzie, we first wanted to ask you, how did you choose to have home births? Well, I had two of my babies in the hospital with naturally and no Pitocin or epidural. And after my second, the hospital experience just wasn't for me. And I told my husband, I was like, you, if we have another baby, I want to do a home birth. And at first he like thought I was crazy. Well, I got pregnant for the third time and I started looking into it and we met with a midwife at that time and I can, I had her come and did a consultation and my husband got on board after that. And I was like in love after I talked to her. And so that's how I started my home birth journey and how, what made me decide that's awesome. So your husband felt a little bit nervous about it at first. What about your mom, Cassie? How did you feel about your daughter choosing to have her babies at home? Um, I kind of was okay with it on one hand, but I was kind of afraid on another hand, just because when Lizzie was born, she was my first and she had a birth defect that required surgery the first day of life. And I would have I, I was somebody who would have considered home birth, but after that happened to me, my husband was like, no way, no way. And I kind of could understand where he's coming with. So I, w- I was under, I was kind of apprehensive, but after we talked through it and I also met the midwife and um, went through all that process with them, I, I'm good with it. You know, I think it's great. When I was, when I had my kids, it was just starting to be a popular thing and the area I lived at the time. And so I'd known a lot of people who had done it, but, um, I think it's a best choice, especially the hospital experience she had with her second baby. It was just so, it was so horrific. I'm like, we couldn't get much worse. So, (laughs) so it could only go up from there, huh? Right. So Lizzie, we met, what was it, about a year ago now, and you were pregnant with baby number five, interviewing midwives, and it was a pretty quick decision from what I remember that you chose me as your midwife, and you had explained to me that all of your babies prior to this baby that you just had had been born around 37 weeks, is that correct? Yes. So you were fully expecting that this fifth one was coming at 37 weeks, right? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk about how that unfolded. I remember telling you during your prenatal care, like I tell everybody, just expect to go 40 plus weeks. You know, my clients typically don't go early. And I remember you laughing at me saying, Julia, there's no way I'm not going 40 weeks. I'll be miserable if I go 40 weeks. And what happened? I went 40 weeks in one hour. I was one hour late. <laughs> <laughs> so that joke was on me. I literally went one hour late with my fifth baby, first time ever that I had even made it to my due date. <laughs> so that was a big, I mean, that was, it was a long month. Yeah, yeah. it was a long month. <laughs> So let's talk about that month. Prior to you actually delivering, you had attended a home birth with me as a photographer, and that was August 30th, 2019. And at this point, I think you were around 35, 36 weeks. And it wasn't long after that that you had um, a situation where you felt your water braked. We later broke, rather. We later confirmed that your water had broken, and you thought you were in labor. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah, I started having a lot of labor signs, and every single labor sign. I even had felt the leaking waters. I was having regular contractions. I was having bloody show. I every, closer together. Every single labor sign, I had it, and I thought my baby was coming when I was, you know, almost uh, like I think a couple days shy of thirty-seven weeks. So I thought this was normal. Like I'm gonna have my baby tonight, and everything literally. We just, called you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I came over, uh, you asked me to check you and you were, I believe about four centimeters and, and you were having consistent contractions and went for several walks. And I even saw on the pavement, the splatter of amniotic fluid and we knew things were happening. And then at what point did you feel like this isn't happening anymore? I was up in my room and then I had decided I, I kind of within myself felt like everything was slowing down. So I decided to go on another walk. And I'm like, if things, if this walk doesn't make things go to the next step or make things come back, I said, in, within my mind, I wasn't really talking to anyone or discussing my feelings within me. But within myself, I said, I'm going to go on this walk. And if things don't continue, I'm done for tonight so I went on the walk I didn't feel any change so I just went down I just went and laid in my bed and did not even talk to anyone <laughs> the rest of the night you were pretty pretty quiet after that and I don't blame you because you were really excited and and it also shows a little bit about how psychological birth can be. I know that you didn't intentionally stop your labor from happening, but you definitely wrapped your mind around, okay, this baby probably isn't going to come and, and things just slowed down and stopped. But then, you know, being close to 37 weeks, just a few days shy, then going all the way to 40 weeks, a lot of people would say, well, wow, your water was broken, you know, was the baby okay? Let's talk about that a little bit, because it's a, it's a big misconception that once the water breaks, you have to have a baby. 
a lot of times women can have a leak in the water and that can seal itself off or the baby's head seals it off and everything is okay. Um, it's important to do things like check your temperature every four hours, um, go on pelvic rest, which means nothing goes inside of your vagina and take all the necessary precautions and stay hydrated and you will continue to produce fluid. How did you feel about that? The fact that you had tested your own fluid, you confirmed that it was amniotic fluid by testing the pH, and then you went another four weeks. How did you feel about that, and how did your family feel about that? I felt comfortable at all times with it. I wasn't, I mean, I was, like, confused, like, obviously this has never happened to me before, but I... I wasn't scared for the baby or me, but I was sick of everyone like, how are you still pregnant when your water broke? I just constantly kept getting that. Like, cause that day I was walking, uh, people had even seen like me going through the water tearing, you know? And so it was kind of like getting out that this had happened around my little town I live in. So everyone was just asking all the time, like, there's, there's no way you're still pregnant if your water's leaking. And I mean, in the hospital, of course, I would have or had the baby that night because they wouldn't have let me go home seeing that it was my water. So people just weren't used to that all around me. So it kind of made me feel like I just want to stay in my house. I don't want these questions. <laughs> I, you know, it was just my emotions and hormones. I know. But I just got to the point where I was like, I do not want to see or hear any questions, you know? Absolutely. Like, I can completely understand that. All those things, like, are, are you sure? Everyone's like, that's not okay. That's, are you sure? You know, and I'm like, it is fine. And you can't, when people are so used to a set way, it's hard to fuck the system. Yeah, make them think that they don't, you know, to make them think that I was okay or the baby was okay because they're not used to that. So it was just a very hard month with that part of it. Yeah, she kind of wanted to go into hibernation and not see anybody because we had been walking all over town. This is a little village, and everyone in town, like, this was the village baby. Like, we'd walk up the street, and everyone would, like, poke their head out the window or the door. Well, is it time? Is it time? And they were all waiting on the baby, and so she didn't want to keep them waiting. I mean, it was just uncomfortable because she felt she felt embarrassed like oh I told him I was having the baby that night and I didn't now I can't go out and, and face him but and I mean I even got to a point where I just didn't even I I didn't even want you to come over for prenatals I just wanted to be alone by myself I didn't want to even talk about pregnancy birth nothing I just wanted to be alone I can completely understand that managing people and answering questions, especially when they're questions of skepticism, can be really challenging, especially when you're in such a vulnerable spot, such as being pregnant and waiting on your baby to come. Um, you know, babies come when they're ready, I always tell my moms, and we keep a close eye on things to make sure everyone is safe. And as long as everyone's safe and, and nothing looks like it's outside of normal range, then it's best to wait. And you had mentioned that if you were in the hospital, they would have made you have that baby. And I agree with you, you know, starting Pitocin, whatever it may have been, whatever intervention to get your baby out, they would have done. How, how much did your baby weigh when he was born at 40 weeks? 
He was eight pounds, one ounce. And that was consistent with your other boys, right? Yep. My other boys who came around 37 weeks were eight pounds, seven ounces. Right. So just thinking about had he come out at 36 weeks in a few days, he would have been a tiny little guy. So it's really, I think, a wonderful testimony to to kind of break that myth um, that the baby has to come out if the water is broken. Um, that baby still needed to grow. He's He still wanted to be in there, even though it wasn't the most pleasant time for you necessarily. Um, he definitely did what he needed to do, and, and he came when he felt his time was ready. So, you know, you had said you're managing these people. You didn't even want to see me for prenatals. And I remember sending you text messages and you saying, Julie, I just don't want to talk about it. And I thought, okay, all right, I get it. I'm not going to bug you. Uh, just checking in. But then when you actually did go into labor, you kind of hesitated to call. And, and why was that? Well, I, I felt like I just did not want to go through what we had gone through the month prior. I did not want to have anyone rushing over. I did not want to tell anyone because I could not have handled doing that again. I literally could not have handled it. So I was just within myself and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I mean, I was even like not convinced yet until it was too late, like that I was in labor. I'm like, okay, this isn't it. I'm, I'm just getting within my head. Like, I just want it to be it so bad. And it's my due date. I can't go over my due date. So I just was thinking like, okay, this isn't it. I'm just getting, you know, and then by the time I accepted it, it was <laughs> like, okay, yeah, this is it. <laughs> and it, Earlier that evening, she, we were at her house, and I had been staying at her house in the, it, at night because her husband was working nights, and I didn't want to be her alone because I knew once the baby was coming, it was probably going to be coming, and um, quick. And we had my sister and my nephew over for dinner, and Lizzie just kind of disappeared during the course of the evening. And I went up, and I asked her if she was okay. She said, I'm fine. I'm just you know, I'm just tired and I just feel a little maybe sick to my stomach, but nothing's going on. She told me point blank, nothing's going on. And then after my sister left, I went up and I had a few things at my house I wanted to take care of. I live a mile down the, sh down the street. And I said, Lizzie, are you sure there's nothing going on? And she goes, yeah. I said, cause I just want a quick run home for a minute. She's like, yeah, go ahead. I there is not this. There's nothing going on. The baby's not coming. And I said, okay. So I came to came to my house, and my daughter, my other daughter, who was going to be the photographer for the birth, she's rushing around. It's like after eleven o'clock at night. She's rushing around the house packing a bag. I said, what are you doing? She said, well, Lizzie called me and told me I might want to be on standby because the baby might be coming tonight. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I, I ran back out and jumped in my car. I didn't even finish what I was doing because I was like, I just knew when it was time, I just knew her that she was going to wait till the last minute. <laughs> and um, I get over there and I, ru I run in the house and she's up in her bathroom 
moaning in pain from contractions. So is this the point that you called me? No, not yet. I said, I said to her, she's like, okay, she came in the bathroom and I was having these painful contractions. She's like, do I need to call Josh and Julia? And I said, not yet. Let me go through a couple more. You really weren't convinced. I said, I don't, I said, mom, we cannot call them and this not be it, especially with, I didn't want to have Josh come home and, you know, so we started cleaning up my room and then I went back into my bathroom and had like two more contractions and like I said, she said, you you might want to call Josh and just tell him to be on standby. So I called Josh and I said, she said just to be on standby, this could be it. She just wants to see a couple more before she is convinced. So she's sitting on the toilet. I hang up the phone. She's sitting on the toilet. She has like two more, maybe one more, just one more. The next contraction comes and she's like, call him and call Julia. (laughs) I I called Josh right back. It was less than five minutes since I (laughs) called him the first time. I said, she said, come. And then I called you. And I was like, Julia, it's time for you to come. And then she gets up off the toilet and goes and lays on her bed for a few minutes. And uh, the contractions were so bad. I've, I've been there at all her births. This was her fifth birth. And this, those were the worst contractions I've ever seen her personally experience. And I think it was because she was fighting them so much. And um, I, did, I was like, I hope this is quick because... I can't watch her go through this for the rest of the night. And then she gets up. All of a sudden she said, what did you say? Um, I felt I was, I I, said, I said, are you, are you feeling the baby come or are you needing to push? She goes, just call Josh and tell him he better get here right now. (laughs) And, um, she goes into the bathroom and I said, are you going to have the baby? And she says, just call them. She said, I'm feeling a ring of fire. And I said, well, let's get back into your bedroom. And um, then she says, I, did I call somebody then again to check where they were or what? I, I well, then all of a sudden she said, mom, help me. The baby's coming. And I said, well, come back in your bedroom. Let's not have the baby on the toilet. She said, mom, the baby's coming now. And I looked down. I said, I don't see anything. And then all of a sudden, his whole head popped out just like with a snap of a finger and um, his little face, she was still on the toilet. His little face was like hitting the toilet seat. The cord was wrapped around his neck. I said, honey, rear up because his face is on the toilet. So she kind of reared up. I pulled the cord off around his neck and all of a sudden he just shot out like a football, like right at me. I didn't think I was going to catch him. And I put my arms around him and, clutched him to my chest and um she was euphoric and she's just mom my baby my baby you know and I handed him she's got situated back on the toilet and I handed him back to her we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl before she had him and I said I looked down I said it's a boy she goes I know because that's all she could see when he was flying away from her was his little behind there and then I, uh, I handed him to her and we just started rubbing. He wasn't making any noise at first. We just started rubbing him and patting him. And he finally started whimpering. And then 
she stood up and that's when I got scared because she just started bleeding everywhere. I mean, just big clots, big puddles of blood everywhere. And I, my daughter, my other daughter, I said, Aubrey, get Julia on the phone. So she's calling you. Lizzie gets into the bathtub and right then, right about then Josh walks in and I'm telling you, Julia, there's too much blood. There's too much blood. And you're like, is the placenta delivered yet? And I'm like, no. And so we delivered, you told, you guided me through how to deliver the placenta. So we've delivered that into the bathtub. Then you told me to cut off a piece of the placenta and put it on the inside of her cheek. And she's sitting there saying, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And Josh and I both are saying, Julia said to do it. You're going to do it. So we did that, and the the bleeding stopped right then. It's absolutely amazing. It worked. And then a few minutes later, it wasn't too long. Like, you and I were still talking on the phone. You're walking up the steps, and I can hear you on the steps and on the phone. (laughs) And um, then you walk in, and to see the scene, there's Lizzie and Josh. Lizzie's stooped in the bathtub, full of blood. There's blood everywhere, like a murder scene or something. A toilet seat. The toilet seat had broken off and was laying in the middle of the bathroom floor. We have no idea how that happened. And then you kind of took it from there. So, Lizzie, is there anything you want to add to this amazing, miraculous story that your mom just shared with us? I I mean, she covered a lot of it. The one another funny thing is Josh never dreamed he was going to miss it. And my boys ran out to his truck when he pulled up and was like, the baby's here. And he's like, you guys stop this. This This isn't funny. And he, they're like, no, really, it's a boy. The baby's here. And then he, like, he said he started running up. And then the baby obviously was already there. But he thought my sons were joking with him. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. And I remember when I pulled up, your boys ran out to the to my car. Can I help you, Julia? The baby's here. The baby's here. Can I carry anything? They were just so sweet and so excited. Um, I wanted to go back to um, Cassie, you catching the baby. You were present for a lot of Lizzie's prenatal care, and I thought that that was really awesome that you were such a present role in in the whole process. And I remember asking you at a prenatal visit, so do you want to catch your grandchild? And you, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, which it ended up that you did do it. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, it it was one of the most awesome experiences of my entire life, obviously. Um, I'm getting teary right now, even thinking about it. (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm really glad that it, everything turning out. Oh, okay. I'm really glad that it happened the way it did. And I got to have that experience. It's something that very few people really get, you know? Um, but I am, I don't, they've offered to let me cut the cord before they've offered. And I'm just like, no, I just watched from over here. That's good. Thanks. You know? And, uh, so I would have never, if Josh, Lizzie at one point said, the only thing that would have made this more perfect is if Josh could have been here in time. And I'm like, no, because then he would have been the one catching the baby, not me. (laughs) I would have missed out. So, um, so it was, it was like one of the most awesome unforgettable things of my entire life and I I've now come to realize sorry I don't know if I'm cutting her off or what but I 
when I was having those worst contractions of my life, I now realize that's because I'm usually pushing at that time or, and I was trying to hold back from that sensation so much that was making them worse instead of just like, cause I was waiting for you and Josh and I just did not want, you know, I was trying to not let my body push and it was trying to push at that mm-hmm. moment. And so now I realize why they were so much more painful than I had ever experienced, you know? <laughs> it's so true. When you don't surrender to what your body's trying to do, it makes it that much more painful. But you were a trooper and you did it. You're amazing. Well, thank you. So I wanted to touch on the piece about your mom saw all the blood and felt like it was too much. And, um, when I got there looking at the amount of blood that was on the floor and in the bathtub, it was, it was a decent amount of blood. And I think if she hadn't followed instructions and helped you deliver the placenta and then you put the placenta in your mouth, I think it could have potentially been a hemorrhage situation. Um, a lot of people don't know that, the placenta is effective in stopping bleeding. And the reason that it is, is because the placenta is full of hormones that are made by your body. It has a lot of oxytocin in it. So by taking a piece of that placenta and putting it in the cheek and touching the mucous membranes, the mucous membranes absorb that oxytocin and all those wonderful hormones relatively quickly. And it's almost like turning off a faucet. I've seen it with my own eyes. I put placenta in their mouth and it's like the bleeding just stops. Was that your experience? Yes. Oh yeah. I've related to other people. Like people look at me like you're crazy. And I'm like, no, it kind of works like how a nitroglycerin tablet stops the heart attack. You know, the same kind of concept, the brain gets the signal and turns it off. Mm-hmm. from that moment but it did I that everyone's like were you ner- were you nervous were you were you scared when you had to deliver the baby I said no when it was happening my instincts just kicked in and I was doing what I had to do and I w- didn't have time to be scared or worried or anything until she stood up and I kind of could back off from the situation a little bit and I was seeing all the blood that was the first time that I got scared because I'm like if she hemorrhages and starts bleeding too much, I can't help her, you know? And, um, so that when you had me do that, at least, you know, offering something, something, it was like a godsend and, um, it did stop immediately. That's wonderful. So another thing I wanted to touch on, you mentioned, You weren't nervous or scared at all as the baby was coming and you said the baby's cord was wrapped around its neck and a lot of people think that that's such a true emergency and I hear people often say, oh, I'm so glad I was in the hospital because my baby's cord was around the neck and oh, if I would have had a home birth, this would have been terrible and you know, I tried to dispel those those myths as well. And you said your instincts just kind of took over. Can you talk about that piece of seeing that cord around the neck and and how you dealt with that? Yeah. I, when he, when his head was popping out, like right when I was seeing, I was watching, I was looking down there right when his head popped out and I saw the cord 
kind of simultaneously, it was coming out to the side with his head and it just popped out and I saw it on his neck. And I would have told you in the past that if that happened, I would have fainted or been upset or whatever. My only thing was we got to get the cord off the neck. We got to get the cord off the neck. And it really, I mean, it was pretty loose. It wasn't on there real tight or strangulating him or anything like that. So maybe that allowed me to be more calm. But um, I just knew I had to get it off as quickly as possible. And that's when I told her to rear up off the toilet because it was blocking, uh, you know, his face was, the top of his forehead was having um, contact with the toilet seat. So I, as soon as she reared up, I, I just pulled it, you know, unrung it from around there. It was just really quick. And like I said, it was just instincts, just got to do what you got to do in the moment. Absolutely. And you did such an amazing job and good job catching because like you said, and I know from experience, those babies that come out so quick, they're so slippery. (laughs) It's so hard sometimes to get a grip on them. Well, he was so slippery and, you know, coming out face down, I'm trying to get a grip. I don't want to like poke his eye. I don't want, you know, but I just kind of put my hand out and snuggled him like a football as quickly as I could. Yeah, you did great. So Lizzie, let me ask you, looking back um, on your birth experience, what do you think is your favorite part of this whole experience? Of the whole experience, or you mean the birth? or The birth well, in particular. It's the birth. It's I the mean, prize at the end. Yeah, the prize at the end, just seeing him. I mean, I was not scared one moment. People ask me that all the time, too. Were you scared? And I never was scared. I just, as soon as I saw my baby, none of that month mattered. It was the biggest relief. I, I didn't care who was there, who wasn't. I'm, I mean, I'm grateful my mom was there to catch him and stuff. But I'm just saying, in that moment, just holding my baby after all that waiting and him being an hour late, it just was so, I was ready to have another one immediately. <laughs> <laughs> It was such a, yeah, she was just euphoric. I know. All through my worries of the blood and, you know, getting her into the bathtub and, you know, toilet seats flying and stuff. She just was euphoric. I just was, here's my baby and that's all that matters. Mom, here's my baby. Mom, look, it's my baby. (laughs) Aw, so beautiful. (laughs) I do. I don't know why. That's all I can say in these moments. I don't know, but yeah, it was just the moment I saw him fly, like literally flying away from me. I, I, I don't, I could, I will say this. I now looking back, it is kind of scary to think because I could not have caught him the way he flew out. <laughs> like I, I've never seen a baby fly out like that, and I could not have caught him alone. <laughs> I mean, that's I wasn't scared at the moment at all. But that is one thing I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I could not have caught him. <laughs> Wow, that's incredible. So for people listening that are considering home birth, what words of wisdom can you share with them? I, it is one of the best decisions I have ever made in my life. I, it is one of the most beautiful moments I've ever had in my life. Not just with this baby I just had, but my other two before that. I do not regret it one bit. I do not think I made a bad decision. It is just 
there's nothing anytime you have a baby it's an amazing experience but the home birth just adds so much to it it is so much more intimate it is so much more about me and my baby and you know not nothing else matters it's me and my baby also they probably have more children because of it because (laughs) after they had their first home birth they were kind of thinking that was going to be the last kid but they both enjoyed the home birth experience so much they were both wanting to just go through a home birth again (laughs) not not just you know not just having another child but they wanted to experience all the good things that they experienced with their first home birth experience again yes home birth fever is a thing (laughs) it really is I mean I I can never imagine going to have a baby in a hospital now again I mean I just couldn't yeah it would be hard to go back to the hospital after having such beautiful experiences at home I agree the hospital she had her second baby in I mean they just kept wanting to take her baby to the nursery they kept telling her she needed her rest even though either her husband or myself or both of us were there the entire time to help her they wouldn't let her get up out of her bed they kept her strapped down you know telling her she couldn't walk around um and just acting like the baby is theirs and they know better than the mom and that just drove her crazy wow yeah I can understand that yeah it was my second baby and they were trying to teach me how to change a diaper oh gosh oh boy Well, Christina, you've been kind of quiet during this podcast. Do you have any thoughts or anything that you wanted to bring up? No, I just think that your story sounds amazing, Lizzie. I think that it sounds like you trusted your body. You trusted that your body knew your body knew what to do in those moments. She yeah. definitely did, and I I'm so impressed. Even though as your midwife, I was really sad to miss your birth. I also remember. Um, Just this feeling of joy that you had such a beautiful experience. And I remember sitting down on my patio um, several days after your delivery and reading a post that you had put on a home birth group on Facebook. You had written your birth story and I sat there and read it and I, I just cried tears of joy because your birth was so empowering. And I feel like as a midwife, my job is is done well when I have empowered and educated a woman um, to be able to deliver her baby without any assistance at all. And you were a glowing example of that. And it, it was just such a beautiful thing to be able to to be part of that experience with you, even though I wasn't present for the actual birth. So I want to thank you again. I know I have before, but just to thank you again for choosing me as your midwife and allowing me on this sacred journey with you. It, it has been such a pleasure. Uh, I loved it too. Thank you for being there for me through that whole time. And sorry if I got a little in that last month standoffish, but <laughs> It was completely understandable. I, I know what you were going through. You you were ready to meet that baby and, and a false alarm thinking you were going to meet it. I mean, that's a lot to deal with emotionally. So I completely understand where you're coming from. So just to kind of wrap this up, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience that we didn't talk about? 
No, I think, I mean, we've covered, my mom, trust me, my mom has that story, like, down pat. I tell it everywhere, all the store clerks we go by, people (laughs) on the street, anybody who even glances at the baby, I take the opportunity to tell them what happened. (laughs) I think that's awesome. It's funny, because my little sister is like, She's like, I, I'm glad you had this nice birth experience, but um, I kind of wish it didn't happen because I've had to hear the story a hundred <laughs> times and I'm not exaggerating. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's wonderful. She knows how to cover all the, yeah, all the, I felt a little bad because it kind of got overshadowed because people like were like, Cassie and Lizzie, oh, this baby, Cassie and Lizzie and Josh kind of got sidelined to the back seat somewhere in all of this after after it was over. People Aww. were congratulating the two of us and kind of forgetting about him. Aww. What a Another thing that got overshadowed is um, everyone in my town, I live in Milan, Ohio, and that is where Thomas Edison was born. And so everyone was making a big deal about that, like, oh, you're going to have a baby where Thomas Edison was born, and no one, and no one else, you know, has done that in years, And but honestly, no one even speaks of that anymore. They just speak about me, her delivering the baby and you and Josh missing it. <laughs> so. so I think the take-home here for some of the listeners is don't be afraid if your midwife doesn't show up. You are going to be okay, and look at what a beautiful experience you have now to look back on and and share with every store clerk and everyone that looks at the baby. I think that that's just beautiful that, that you guys are able to spread such a joyful story. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to be on our podcast and, and share your story. Um, it's, it's really, really amazing um, that you were willing to be so open and share these intimate details with us. So we really appreciate it. And um, yeah, thanks again and stay safe and stay healthy and we'll talk soon. All right. Well, thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Julia. Bye-bye.